Telling the stories of entrepreneurs and how they overcame the struggles and challenges to get where they are today. This is Believe in the Entrepreneur with Joel Sandoval, CPA. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Entrepreneur. And I'm super excited because I have Derek Blanton in the house who is a SoCal native, moved to Bakersfield, my um, now hometown. Uh, since 2005, I moved to Bakersfield around 2007, actually, around the same time when Bakersfield was, you know, it's been a growing city since then. But he's now a, you know, successful insurance broker working for Sabre Insurance Agency. So, Derek, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Joel. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, Derek, so for my listeners that don't really know who you are, uh, why don't we take it back to, you know, what made you kind of want to be in, you know, an entrepreneur and specifically in the insurance industry? Okay. How much, uh, how much time do we have? Are we, are we Let, let's take it, man. Okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up in, uh, Southern California, Orange County. And, uh, so when I was growing up, my mom was in the army and, uh, and so we moved around quite a bit, lived in several different, uh, different States. Uh, one of them being Alaska, uh, lived in Anchorage for a while, uh, Kauai Island, um, and then, uh, but we always came back to SoCal and, uh, and so, uh, grew up there, um, elementary, junior high, high school, uh, graduated in 96 <clears throat> and, uh, did two years of junior college and then ended up getting recruited out to, uh, Iowa. And so went to a small D2 school out in Iowa, got my degree, uh, came back to California with, uh, my girlfriend and turned to my fiance and then eventually my wife. And so, um, we, uh, got, uh, relocated actually had some deaths in the family and relocated to Bakersfield in Oh five. Um, tried to reconcile a little bit and that didn't end up working out. Uh, we had a daughter, she's 18 now, graduated high school, uh, Liberty actually last, uh, earlier this year. And, uh, and so remarried actually in 2014, and, um, uh, ironically enough, met her, uh, on Christian mingle <laughs> and, uh, people ask me, oh, you know, well, that, that really works. And I tell them, yeah, I mean, when you, uh, use it for what it's intended purpose is, <laughs> it works right. really well. And so we've had two kids since then and a uh, five-year-old girl, six-year-old boy. And, uh, of course I have my daughter and then, uh, my wife has a 21 year old son who is, moved back to San Bernardino, know where they're from. And, uh, you know, over the course of that time, especially since being in Bakersfield, my background education is in exercise science and physiology. So, uh, I was going to be trainer to the stars, right? Athletes, you know, you name it. Um, <clears throat> didn't end up meeting very many and wasn't connected really to any. And so, uh, but gave me an opportunity when it came to Bakersfield to put that to work, um, and uh, got on with a local gym chain here in town, opened a couple of clubs with them in 06 and 07. Um, and then on a whim, uh, you know, people kind of told me throughout my life that uh, I had the demeanor for law enforcement. And so kind of pursued that avenue a little bit and applied for almost every agency out there, sheriff, CHP, what have you, and corrections. So ended up, uh, you know, it was just an offshoot, got on, uh, went through the, the, academy out at um, uh, West Tech in Shafter and ended up getting out uh, starting on at uh, Taft the federal prison and uh, was out there for uh, just under a year and uh, but you know for anyone who has been out to Taft it's quite a drive and so um, a lot of accidents and things like that so I found out there's a facility here in Bakersfield came back and got on here locally and uh, interestingly enough you know, like maybe more, most COs do. I got <laughs> turned on to insurance in 2017 and uh, came in on the life and health side. And really at the time, it was more of a way to supplement my income. And, uh, you know, all this talk about all the money that you can make and this and that. And I'm like, okay, well, I just want to be able to supplement and have enough to live comfortably. Mm -hmm. Um and so end up getting on with an IMO, anybody in that space familiar with I, the terminology, a lot of acronyms, uh, IMO, FMO, 
uh, independent marketing org. Um, and, uh, so that's what that was and, uh, did that, uh, for about a year and a half. And then an opportunity opened up with, uh, with a bigger commercial shop. Um, and, uh, one that would be, uh, any, pretty much anybody would recognize the name of. And so I got on with them in 2019. And then of course, 2020 hit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, everybody had to, uh, navigate COVID and for all of the coaching and the talk about what a face-to-face business life insurance was insurance in general, but more so life insurance, uh, obviously COVID affected that. Um, and everybody had to kind of navigate that and start to go virtual and things like that. So we did that through 2021 and as you probably like most industries, the longer that you're in it and you evolve and grow and you begin to kind of see behind the curtain a little bit and you get exposed to some things and you're able to kind of evaluate those and uh, determine whether or not it's a path you want to continue towards. So looking at the two different sides, PNC, property casualty, and then life, uh, especially here in California, uh, property casualty workers' compensation, general liability, things like that uh, are required. Like it's not a choice. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in business You and you have employees. You have to have it. Right. Um, life can be somewhat more of a supplemental benefit. <clears throat> so uh, last summer, I ended up getting my uh, PNC broker's license and um, got on with a small shop that at the time may not have been really set up to bring on producers um, and have a mentor and a coach and that sort of a thing, but learned a ton. Um, and I remember I'd gotten in contact with the owner of the agency I'm with now, Saber, back when I was still training and wanted to do sort of a, uh, corporate membership type situation for their staff, but it was a small office. And so that didn't end up going through, but I'd always kept them in the back of my mind and, um, met with the owner, uh, early September, uh, probably till end of August. And then again, early September, and we were able to work out a deal and, uh, and so just building my foundation. So and that's kind of gotten to me where I gotten me to where I am now. Nice. <clears throat> now question, cause you were basically in law enforcement. So did, are you, cause based on your bio doesn't see, say anything about law enforcement now. Yeah. So are you, are you out? At a, yeah. A, okay. out, no, no longer affiliated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so a little bit different aspect being inside a facility versus, um, you know, patrol units like a, a PD or sheriffs, um, or highway patrol. And so a little bit, uh, different perspective in the sense that, um, you're really, um, herding cattle. I mean, at that, in a sense that, uh, everybody's, um, secured inside already. Mm-hmm. And so you're more of a, uh, more of a chaperone, uh, type of situation. Now you do have elements, um, that don't necessarily, uh, want to be subject to authority. And so then there's ways of dealing with those. Uh, but for the most part, you know, uh, they, they do police themselves, so to speak. And so, uh, it's a part of the, it was a part of the journey. Um, but, uh, committed full time now, hundred percent to, uh, this agency. And then of course, down the road, uh, having my own. Nice. Awesome. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, it's pretty funny. You're interesting kind of, um, it's relatable to me because uh, it looks like you kind of had these regular kind of jobs, you know, and then just recently you were kind of like exposed to the insurance world and anything regarding insurance or, you know, entrepreneurship, it's all about sales, all about, you know, customer service. And you kind of like on your own now. And um, I remember like for me, for example, you said that, insurance for you was more supplemental income. You did it because, Oh, I can make some extra money, but it's not really like going to be, you probably didn't know at the time that it was going to be your full time, you know, opportunity. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was kind of the same. Like I, you know, I went to school to get my degree in accounting and, um, I just started doing like taxes for family members. I remember doing it for like, you know, my brother, my cousins, it was just more of a favor. Um, and I enjoyed it. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was also, you know, I would charge them very, very minimal. It was just kind of, you know, a way for me to make supplemental income. 
and um eventually just starting like hey my cousin would hey i have a friend from work who also was wondering if you could do hers and i'm like sure and uh it started kind of growing a little bit without actually intending it to grow and eventually it grew a little bit too much where it started kind of being a conflict with my regular w2 job Mm -hmm. and um you know it was very overwhelming uh during tax season because i'd have i was growing in my regular career which now my employer was requiring more and more of my time. Yet I had a, this business on the side that was growing too, that was also requiring more of my time and I couldn't really balance the two. Mm-hmm. And so I had to basically make a decision, at least for me, as to what I wanted to do. I came across a situation where my employer, um, you know, wasn't very flexible in my schedule. And I can go into that story. My listeners probably already know to that story as to what made me kind of like make the jump because got into kind of a you know disagreement. Mm-hmm. And then eventually that's what caused me to start my own firm, my own. And now it's grown to what it is today, which is, you know, now I have 14 full-time employees. Ne- never would have imagined what it that it would turn into what it is today. And, um, you know, I'm very, ble- like looking back, I'm very blessed, very thankful that, you know, I've gotten here, mm-hmm. but, it, but it was, again, it all started with just, oh, let me make some supplemental income. And, you know, some people are born entrepreneurs. I was not a born entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious to know as to your story of like, you know, what made you kind of shift from, you know, you, law enforcement usually is pretty stable, you know, government always pays their employees and now going to, you know, more of a commission base, uh, you know, people business. So, yeah. So what made you kind of make that shift? I mean, was it kind of similar to mine? Tell me your story on that. Yeah, so I've had, uh, gosh, <laughs> a number of different jobs. Um, and within the correctional setting, you know, there's state CDCR, right? And then there's a private sector. So where uh, the state will contract with different facilities, like uh, uh, some people may know uh, TAF Federal as Wackenhut. Um or uh, when I was downtown Bakersfield, uh, at the time it was Mesa Verde CCF, Community Correctional Facility. Uh, and then the state kind of started to go through their thing and started to close down CCFs. And then more recently in 2018, out of McFarland, before they closed that facility down. And so in the private sector, um, like with Taft, for instance, you know, the, the, the pay was great and things like that. But again, there was, uh, you know, that drive and working overnight shifts and having to take into consideration my family, um, my kids, uh, and what was, you know, and then, and then making that drive. And so, um, the pay, when I came to Bakersfield, I actually took a pay cut. Um, and then, uh, McFarland was a little bit better, but it was funny because when I interviewed out there, it was for just a floor officer position, just working in a dorm. Um, and during the course of the interview, uh, the chief security at the time, and then her uh, second in command, were kind of talking and getting together. And they said, hey, uh, you know, we've got a lieutenant position open. Uh, would you want to, you're here already, would you want to interview for it? And so I said, sure, you know, a few more dollars an hour. And, you know, so I come from a, you know, I'm the first one in my family to graduate college. And at the time, coming up through junior high, high school and college, I mean, that was, you know, through, at least through high school, you know, it was, it was all about the degree, you know, mm-hmm. pick what you're going to do. And it's so funny looking back on it. And I know we, you and I both have probably heard different versions of this and, and people speak about this uh, just with respect to uh, college, not necessarily being for everybody. Right. You know, there's the trades. I mean, there's just uh, um, there's entrepreneurship and there's a number of different avenues now with the advancement of social media and tech and just that whole thing um, that give you that opportunity. And, but I come from a W2 background. And so, uh, when I was approached, but I will say this, I've always been open-minded. I've always looked for the opportunity. Um, and so anything that I saw the opportunity in, um, I would think, well, why not me? You know? And, uh, and so I've been approached with a number of opportunities, obviously since then. And, uh, so with respect to insurance, I'd never thought about insurance. I didn't know anybody who was in insurance. Um, but when you're exposed to it and you're exposed to it in the right way by the right people who have a right system and things like that, and you get the right coaching 
um, you know, it's a, it, it can be a huge opportunity. And so as I grew, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm an extrovert and people, I think, tend to think that extroverts are just naturally going to gravitate towards sales because you got to be chitty chatty and, um, and, and have the gift to gab and all these different things. And I know a lot of successful, and I'm sure you probably do as well. A lot of successful people who are actually introverts at heart. Right. And, uh, and so I've had to, with respect to the sales role, um, and involvement of sales with under the umbrella of entrepreneurship, um, to go out and shake hands and do events and network and all those kinds of things that come along with it. I've had to adapt to that and get myself, um, you know, in a state mentally, uh, as well as emotionally, um, because, uh, in sales in general, uh, you're going to hear no more than you hear. Yes. And you have to develop a mindset, uh, that is going to allow you to overcome that and be successful. 100%. Yeah, I think uh, entrepreneurship and sales is all about mindset because like you said, we hear no more often than we hear yes. And so you have to have that, you know, the ability to bounce back and the ability to start fresh every new call and every new conversation and have that, you know, because you probably could have, you know, gotten into, you got rejected again and rejected again or whatever the case may be. And now you might have an opportunity where they're going to say yes, but you don't know it. And so you got to have the right mindset. You got to have the right attitude in order to close that sale. Otherwise, even if it was a good opportunity because you kind of came in this with the wrong mindset, you're probably not going to close it, close right. that deal. And so I think that's super important. Right. Now, <clears throat> kind of going to back to your story though. Um, so obviously family was important to you because, you know, the drive was interfering um, with, you know, maybe your work-life balance, you probably weren't spending as much time as you would like to sounds like with your wife and kids. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of even decided to, Hey, I'll even take less pay, uh, in order to make sure I have that time with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think family for me is probably, uh, what gives me my, I always say like, it reduces my, my energy. It brings mm -hmm. my, my, it fills up my cup. So that way the next day I'm, I'm ready to go at it again and, and uh, hopefully provide for my family. And so that I think is very important. Um, but once you made the, once you made the transition back to Bakersfield though, you obviously didn't have that anymore. Right. Um, so why cut ties with that to do insurance? So, um, you know, within insurance, uh, within sales, uh, I think part of that attraction is that there's no cap. Uh, there is no glass ceiling. There really, you know what I mean? There really isn't one uh, if you're passionate about what it is you're doing. You know, it doesn't have to be insurance. Could be any, uh, could be any product or service. <clears throat> and then on the W-2 side, it becomes an issue of trading time for money. You know, how much time there, you can never trade enough time uh, in, as far, you know, in my opinion, um, to go as far as you want to go or go as high as you want to go. Um, so with respect to when I made that move and came locally to Bakersfield, I started out as an officer, worked my way up to sergeant. But, you know, people are in higher positions uh, for a lifetime. I mean, they have to die or retire uh, for that for there to be an opening. Mm -hmm. When I went out to McFarland, um, same sort of thing. The chief security was set. The warden was set. I mean, those administrative positions were above and beyond because you would have needed additional schooling. You probably would have needed a master's degree on paper to um, to even uh, apply for those positions. So the lieutenant position, um, which really all that really meant was that you wore a different colored shirt. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, and so at the same time, you have this concern about who wants your job. Right. Mm -hmm. Who, you know, because obviously it's a little bit increase in pay, a little bit increase in status, um, a little, you know, authority maybe. Uh, but with that also comes a responsibility. So you can look at it both ways. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted that. I, I knew deep down inside I wanted freedom. I knew deep down inside that God had created me uh, for more. 
what that looked like, I didn't quite know at the time. And so I started to search that out. So when people came with opportunities, I thought, okay, you know, Lord, is this going to be the right one for me? Let me find out a little bit more. And as I started to find out a little bit more and develop a process, um, I started to, you know, I, I was able to combine the two, similar to your situation. Um, and I saw examples of people who were free um, financially and weren't, um, uh, they weren't dictated to from someone above them. Um, they weren't, uh, they didn't have to adhere to a specific schedule because with corrections, uh, law enforcement in general, it's, uh, you know, we don't take holidays off. It's, uh, 24, seven, 365. And so worked a lot of holidays. Um, and again, the shifts when you're the body now kind of going back more to the science part of it, the, you know, the body is designed to be awake during operate and function during the daytime, uh, really has a hard time making that switch to doing overnights. Um, you know, and then coming off of that, you're asleep for the other half of the day, you know? And so, you know, that limits time with the family to be able to go things, to be, uh, to go to things, events, travel, those sort of things. And I just began, the more and more I got exposed to the entrepreneurship side of things and uh, specifically insurance, uh, started to think, well, why not me? You know? And, uh, and so I was like, well, let me, let me, I've got to, I can't continue to walk the line. I've got to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I can only go so far in the correctional space. Let me cut that and just pursue, you know, being, entrepreneurship sales whatever however you look at it uh full-time awesome man love that story and i think um you know it almost goes back to i mean you looked at okay there's a potential for unlimited income basically like you said there's no ceiling um where as opposed to w2 you know no matter how many hours you work there's only a certain amount of income you're going to make um you know you and again it's also based on seniority seniority and who's above you and things like that so there's a lot of you know business politics involved but um in entrepreneurship you don't really have those limits and so you saw that opportunity however that being said just like there's an unlimited amount of of income you also don't have that steady paycheck anymore (laughs) so how do you deal with that what's your mindset during that time well, God blessed me with a uh, forgiving wife. <laughs> um, not to say we haven't had our ups and downs. and um, But, you know, she kind of comes from a similar background, a W-2 sort of, uh, sort of background. She worked for a really well-known uh, distribution center. And uh, uh, 18 years she had worked for that company. And... Um, but she would tell me stories about people who had been employed longer than her, 20-something years, 30-something years, uh, that were let go. Wow. You know? And because it, the decision at that point uh, for a corporation really is that simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the politics and everything that goes on behind the scenes. And so um, we, uh, we had a number of conversations uh, about that. And she's been extremely supportive. And so we knew that the transition was going to have to be, okay, your biweekly income will have to kind of support us. I'll chip in uh, where I can. Of course, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. Um, you know, but God sustained us. And, uh, you know, with the help of, of some family members along the way, um, you know, we were able to kind of uh, at least keep our heads above water uh, with respect to, uh, the bills, right? Mm-hmm. The mortgage, the car payment, insurance, and things like that. So, um, and this way I've also gotten to be a little bit more, well, not a little bit, but a lot more involved in my children's lives, being able to take them to school, pick them up from school, attend different events and things like that gave me the opportunity. It's, you know, I remember going shopping one time and gosh, it was 1030 in the morning and had to run into the store real quick and grab something. Had my kids with me at the time they were, uh, I a lot younger, and uh, I was the only dad in there <laughs> <laughs> with his kids, and so um, sort of a you know unique opportunity there too to see them 
because that was the other piece of it. It's different when you watch your kids grow up. Um, now that we have cell phones with cameras and things like that, you can text photos back and forth. But to see them grow up with over a camera versus actually being there physically, um, huge difference. And I take that every day. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the, obviously the benefits of entrepreneurship is the ability to have that flexibility mm-hmm. where you might not have that when you're kind of stuck to that nine to five because, you know, you have certain, you have a certain job description that has to be done and has to be met as opposed to when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of make your own schedule and you get to decide your priorities and you get to decide what you want to do that day and whether or not you want to and how important it is to you. And if, if your kids school events more important, then you're going to make that a priority and maybe, you know, you just let your customers know like, Hey, I'll take care of you. But right now you just be transparent with them and have a school event with my kid and give me an hour or two hours, whatever it is. And I'll call you, call you right back. Mm-hmm. And most of the time customers are understanding anyway, because they have a family themselves. Absolutely. But entrepreneurship gives us that, that flexibility. But what I, what I really enjoyed about your story is that, you know, you, you had a forgiving wife similar to mine. Mm. Although <laughs> my wife gave me a deadline. She's like, uh, I don't know if you know my story uh, after listening to the broadcast, uh, Bradley podcast. Just love but, that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but my wife gave me a nine month deadline. She, she's like, oh, Hey, wow. you have nine months to make this work. And so, and we left our, her off her paycheck for nine months. And, mm-hmm. but I think it also pushed me and it drove me to, to make sure I can sustain the family after when that nine month period came. And thankfully, again, with God's will, you know, and God's blessings, I was able to make it happen. So, um, but I think also what I found very, very interesting that, you know, when we have that, that paycheck, it, it almost, you know, kind of stables, you know, makes us like miss out on opportunities because we're, we get comfortable. But how secure really is it? Right. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's people in uh, that were working with your wife that had been there longer than she had. Mm hmm. And we're still let go. Yep. And when we, over here we're thinking that we have this stable job, and all of a sudden we have no income. And so, one thing I, I think I, I remember because I, I I studied. I'm a very analytical person as an accountant, so I studied entrepreneurship like mm. for years before I decided to to kind of go all in. And one of the things that I that I remember learning. It was like, hey, um, when you have a regular W-2 job, you basically have one customer, which is your employer. Mm-hmm. And that's the customer that you have to make happy. Right. Right. But when you're an entrepreneur, you you might have 100 customers. So if one decides to say, I'm going to fire you, Joel. Well, at least you still have 99 customers that are paying <laughs> you. So yeah. really, you have more stability in entrepreneurship than you do as a W-2 employee. And I, when I learned that, I was like, for me, it was like just mind boggling. It was like, like I had never even thought of that. And I was like, that's so true. I'm over here staying with my W2 job when that's probably actually less secure mm-hmm. than if I had my own business. And, you know, and I can tell you as a business owner, I, I get hired and I get fired all the time. Right. I mean, I got hired last week and then I got fired that same week. And it's like, you know, obviously you try to limit those. Mm-hmm. and try to learn from it you get feedback and you make your business better and and uh sometimes it wasn't the right fit sometimes it was our mistake sometimes it just didn't start off with the right expectations there's different criteria but at the end of the day you know the goal is to get hired more than you're getting fired but at least you have actually more stability than you do when you're actually working that w2 regular job yeah yeah absolutely um it's uh it, it's an interesting dynamic especially when an insurance agent believe me as an insurance broker uh getting hired and fired weekly a, a daily um almost um i can empathize 100 <laughs> percent and uh but then there's you know a passion of mine is golf and so there are times when i've been able to do my work during a round of golf nice and no way I'd obviously be able to ever be able to do that um, in my old job, mm-hmm. my old line of work. And so that for me uh, keeps me going, keeps me motivated. And, um, you know, but you're right. It's, uh, it's, um, 
you know, there, there's, there's always a certain amount of retention um, involved. And then you know that there's going to be that turnover, you know, and uh, adjusting and being able to account for that, you know, uh, I think comes uh, over time. Right. So. Yeah, 100%. I think, like, at the end of the day, like you said, it just comes down to weighing your your options and your mm-hmm. your advantages and disadvantages to, to kind of both and, you know, seeing what, what, you know, what fits you better based on your lifestyle that you want, your dreams, your aspirations. And like you said, I mean, now you have the flexibility to attend school events. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to play golf while you're making income, <laughs> right? You have the yeah. ability to basically be on this podcast, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's just, it gives you so much more freedom, but it takes, you know, I would say it takes courage, uh, a supporting spouse. Um, it takes also the right mindset, like we mm-hmm. talked about, and um, and just kind of, you know, going to one day at a time, always trying to get better. Absolutely. Um, and to your point, uh, you know, as far as being analytical is concerned, um, there might be varying levels of that. One thing that I've heard throughout my journey um, since 2017 is I tend to overthink things, you know. Because anytime that I come across something, and it could be a speaker that I listen to, it could be something that I saw on YouTube, it could be a podcast that I heard. I'm always kind of trying to put myself in that person's shoes. Um, and I think my experiences are in life are pretty relatable to other people's. And, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> um, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of what is what is going to be in the best interest and have the most value to the person that I'm talking to and, uh, and, and come at it that way. And so, yeah, I'm going to want to know a couple of different things, how to approach something from a couple of different angles, uh, really glean from others experience and expertise like yourself, you know? Um, and then package that obviously like with, you know, put my own little spin on it and my personality and that sort of thing. Um, but, uh, you know, so far it's, it's worked out really well. That's awesome. I love that mindset because, you know, in sales and entrepreneurship, you know, it's easy to be like, you know, we're, we're trying to win, right. And we're trying to grow and we're trying to provide for our families. And, and sometimes we might have the wrong, the wrong mindset where it's like, Hey, you know, I, I need to win. I need to, but it's like the way you win is actually by looking out for what's best for the person, for the person in front of you, mm-hmm. right? How can I provide the most value? Like you said, how can I provide the most, the best service, the best, you know, how can, how can I be of service to you and how can I make an impact in your life? And that's really when you end up winning is when you have that mindset. And, um, I think that's, and I think that's probably what's allowed you to make the transition over to, to insurance because of that, you know, that quality, you know, of, of making sure like, Hey, how can I help you? How can I be a service? And obviously putting your experience and your background into, um, you know, whatever conversation you're having. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you can, so for me, I'm, you know, again, I'm always looking at the opportunity. And so it's like, okay, I can be a part, you know, when you're at least given my experience when I was in the facility, um, my supporting cast, uh, the, the people around me, were determined for me, you know, now I can flip that. Now I get to, to decide who it is that I want to work with, mm-hmm. um, build a team of other professionals so that we can add even more value. Right. Um, and not just have to approach it from a liability or insurance standpoint. Um, you know, now we can cover some different areas and, uh, and work, you know, with individuals, uh, whether they're employees or not business owners, you know, so from, uh, regardless of what their entity is, even if they're just a sole proprietor or what have you, um, you know, I think that we bring something to the table. Yeah. I love that. I think, like you said, once you're, once you're in business, it allows you to basically choose who you hang out with. Mm -hmm. You get to choose your customers. You get to choose your team members, Mm -hmm. right? As opposed to when, uh, you apply for a job or you're working for the man, you know, hopefully you have the right man that you're working for because you, you know, there's, or, you know, good coworkers that you enjoy working with because you don't get to, a lot of the times don't have that option to choose uh, unless you're maybe in an upper management position and you have, you're the one hiring, but usually that's not the case. And so once you're in entrepreneur, it gives you, you know, I get to choose, you know, like I said, 
who you hang out with. And that includes both customers and team members. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then if a situation like, you know, the other thing too is, is if a situation like COVID comes along, I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody could really uh, foresee that coming. Uh, but when something like that comes, um, do you have the ability to adapt and adjust? Um, and I think as entrepreneurs, especially with the space that you're in, the space that I'm in, we can go to video conferencing fairly easy, right? Um, contractors, law enforcement. I mean, if you're in a job out there that requires any sort of, uh, labor and physical activity, obviously you don't have that opportunity. Right. Um, and being able to do business from anywhere, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're at home or on vacation mm -hmm. <laughs> is a really nice, uh, really nice element of that as well. For sure. Yeah. I think for us, it was actually kind of a, I always say COVID, um, helped me from making a bad decision because, um, Right before COVID, I was actually, we had outgrown our office and I was basically looking for something bigger, but obviously with something bigger comes a bigger mortgage payment, mm -hmm. um, more debt, you know, more risk. And as an entrepreneur, I'm willing to accept that risk. But, um, uh, what COVID did, I, you know, it's funny that you say that we get the ability to adjust and pivot because as soon as COVID hit, we started, uh, basically converting our tax and accounting practice into a virtual uh, practice. And some of our team members, I gave them laptops and uh, they actually enjoyed working from home. And as soon as kind of the pandemic kind of died off, um, you know, you can see that our office is pretty empty. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're probably at the reception desk waiting for someone because mm -hmm. all of our team members working from home and, and we've been able to pivot to work. Uh, virtually now we have clients all across the state of California. We have some in Texas and Florida. We have in all basically all 50 States. Mm. Um, but what it did is it, it allowed me to reduce my overhead expense. And I was about to, you know, assume a lot more debt and a lot more risks. And so because of COVID, it allowed us to, um, to adjust, to pivot. And it, it reduced me from making some, you know, could have been a big mistake, but you know, I didn't know. No, absolutely. Uh, when I was with the uh, very well-known shop in Fresno, uh, you know, we were going up there once a month um, on Mondays and we'd have a breakfast and that sort of thing, get the team together. And there's probably 30 or so agents in that room. And the COVID hit, you know, still gave us the ability to meet from home. Um, even if you're locally in town, you know, to your point, Bakersfield has grown tremendously um, since just, when I got here in 05 and I hear people talking about it from 95 mm -hmm. um, and uh, to get across town now, <laughs> it can right. take you 25 minutes. And so that uh, the ability to simply just be able to jump either uh, on a zoom on your phone or on your laptop, what have you, um, it just makes it so much more efficient. You can still, they can still see content. You can still share things. Um, and not only that, but from a training standpoint, you can you still have the ability to do that, and I'd have to have get get everybody together in one room. Mm -hmm. um, you can still have that you know training blasted out, and still have people um, consume the content and, and be successful that way. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, with technology nowadays, it just makes more sense to do so. Um, I, you know, just like you said. Weighing the advantages and disadvantages to entrepreneurship versus W2, there's also advantages and disadvantages versus when being virtual versus that in-person connection. Mm -hmm. And I found, at least in my experience, that the best mo model that at least that works for us is kind of a hybrid model where we're virtual. Like I have pretty much not all my team members, but the majority of my team members have laptops, the ability to work from home, but yet we still meet up once a month mm -hmm. and we'll have like a social gathering just to build a culture in our organization and our firm. And, and because there's nothing like it, you know, that nothing's going to beat that, you know, that touch, that connection of shaking hands and laughing together and, sure. and, and that communication, you, you probably can't have that as that deep of a connection on a zoom. But at, at the same time, like if we're not able to make it, you know, life gets in the way, we still have that as an option. I think that that the flexibility again of you know kind of that entrepreneurship gives us, if we can have a hybrid model with the virtual versus in person is also I think 
kind of the way to go in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you want to celebrate things, uh, for sure, you know, being together and, and, and hearing everybody and be able to look someone in the eyes. And then, you know, on the flip side of that, um, uh, people experiencing a tragedy, um, in life, you know, trying to console or just, uh, hear them out, you know, over a zoom is like, it doesn't compare to, um, being there physically. Right. You know? Um, and so, uh, uh, in the church that, that we attend, um, I host the 945 online service. And so we have that aspect of it. And then we attend the 1130, you know, and while a lot of churches weren't meeting, we were fortunate in the sense that our church, uh, continued to gather, you know, we went through a period, um, where they didn't have everybody in, but then I think ahead of most, uh, our senior leadership decided, you know what, we're, going to start getting back together um take all the precautions you need and if you don't want to then you know the online version's available but uh you know so in that sense um you know just like it talks about uh not forsaking the community meeting together you know and getting together so um but the hybrid to your point uh the hybrid models definitely probably i'd choose that over if i had to rather than picking one or the other yeah and i think it gives people have the freedom to choose what they believe is best for them. Like, you know, in your church is like, Hey, I'm willing to accept the risk that I could contract COVID, but I want to interact with people. I want to have, I get more spirituality if I'm there, you know, at church versus at home. Mm-hmm. So it gives, but some people are like, Hey, I, I rather have more precaution. I want to wait a little bit more. And so things kind of settle down. Well, then they have the freedom to choose that as well. And I think the hybrid model gives, people that same you know that that flexibility that that freedom to choose i think is what is important so it goes back to like not taking that drive i want Mm -hmm. the flexibility to stay home when i want to i want the flexibility to play golf when i want to (laughs) right i want the flexibility to to do those things and i think people appreciate that and i think as long as everyone knows like i think for me the reason you know at very you know at first to give you an example I was very hesitant before COVID to have my team work from home. Um, and then COVID kind of forces. And I think what was missing, at least in my uh, opinion, like now looking back is that I didn't have like a, a vision or a mission that we were working towards. Mm-hmm. And I think like, as long as everybody knows the the mission and the vision and has our core values, then it doesn't really matter where you're at because you could be at the golf course. You could be at home, you know, as long as you're pushing that, that vision forward, that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know to, to what extent in your practice, you know, I imagine it's probably a, a pretty good, pretty high percentage of it. I know for sure in mine, it's all about relationships. Um, and the unique aspect of golf is that you get a full spectrum from kids who golf to, um, uh, employees who golf to business owners who golf so um and you really don't know it until they're out there and you see them um but you can get joined up with a group you can play in tournaments you can play for you know not non uh for charity type events and things like that so um and it's a great way to get people together uh and meet different people as well and so and try and establish some of those relationships because you just never know i uh before I got here, I was having lunch with a good friend of mine and he was talking about his experience last weekend and turns out he didn't really know who he was playing with at the time. Um, but everybody kept referring to him as big time. <laughs> like, oh man, you played with big time. This and that. And, and, uh, so he was thinking to himself, you know, who, why are they calling this guy big time? He was good conversation. He was a good player and all that. It wasn't really flashy. Uh, so he didn't really get that sense, but come to find out, look, uh, and looking him up afterward, he played for the 49ers. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, and they kind of found out a little bit more about his background and, and that sort of thing, what he did for a living. So uh, come to find out, uh, he's huge in commercial real estate. So you just never really know um, about people, you know, until. And I think over the, uh, the you'll know more about somebody, I think, uh, over the course of a round of golf. Mm-hmm. than uh than most situations so 100 uh, percent. yeah yeah I, you know i used to be big in golf uh, in golf 
Uh, I played varsity in high school. Mm. Um, I've kind of dropped it since then because I feel like four, uh, 18 holes is just too long for me. <laughs> like yeah. that's probably why you get to know somebody so well, just because you're out there such a long time. Right. I think it, for me, if it was a nine hole, yeah, they turn all the golf courses into nine <laughs> holes, I'd probably <laughs> golf more. Yeah. Um, but you know, going back to your point about relationships, I think I always tell my 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 managers, my both my tax manager and my accounting manager, I was like, we're not in the tax and accounting business. We're in the relationship business. Right, right, 100%. Because at the end of the day, that's, you know, we're serving our customers, we're serving our clients, and it's about, you know, providing value to them. That's the reason that they're paying us. And so we want to continue to fulfill on our promises uh, when they signed up as a client. And um, at the end of the day, I mean, that's what matters is the relationships. And, um, and you know, now I've developed relationships where, with some of my clients where, you know, they invite me to their family gatherings and, you know, things outside of work that, you know, are not relatable. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to just having those relationships. Well, and, you know, as you get exposed to more and more uh, industries under the financial services umbrella, uh, you begin to realize that as far as um, businesses are concerned, CPAs tend to be uh, their most trusted advisors, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, if you've built that relationship, um, I think it's mutual. Um, you know, invites will go out kind of both ways. Um, but it's a real interesting aspect because nobody was doing that when I was lieutenant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody right. was doing that when I was just a sergeant. And so, um, uh, you know, a company picnic just isn't the same. But um, And so it does give you that opportunity for sure. Awesome. That's awesome. So let's bring it to kind of what – you know, the present Derek and, and the future, like what's in store for you? Like, you know, you were in law enforcement, you, you went to school even before that for, you know, physical background. Mm-hmm. Um, now are in insurance, entrepreneurship world, sales world. So what's in store for you? Like where, where's your vision in the next, you know, couple of years? Yeah, it's an inter- interesting question. Um, I, uh, I tend to consider myself, uh, or at least the vision that I have is being, uh, a general practitioner, um, a Swiss army knife, if you will, uh, within the insurance industry. And so I'd mentioned before about, uh, building a team, you know, um, and that's with professionals in different areas. Um, and that could be everything from financial planning to, uh, CPA to health insurance, you know, a lot of things that have come down the pike, uh, especially here in California with respect to, um, AB five and that difference between, independent contractors and employees, um, Cal Savers, where they're mandating a retirement plan. And I, I kind of joke around with people. I, uh, I ask them, you know, you really want the state to be oversee your retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and I think there's going to be a couple more elements coming down the road. So I want to be able to, uh, build an agency, um, that services every line. So we're not, uh, handcuffed or restricted in any way. Mm-hmm. So we've got all the lines covered. Not only that, we've built relationships, a team mm-hmm. of different professionals within different industries. So that from again, individual to W2 to business owner, uh, we can cover the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but that allows everyone within the agency to achieve the same thing because really what it is is duplication, right? Uh, the agency owner now is trying to duplicate himself and eventually he wants to relocate to Texas. And so who's going to be in that succession line, mm-hmm. right? And that's going to be up to me to build other agents up so that they can have their own agency if that's their dream mm-hmm. and pursue whatever it is that they want to pursue. And so um, that's kind of the big, big, I'm always, a, I've always, I always start out big picture right. and kind of reverse engineer the details. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, because I think um, that reverse engineering, like you're saying, is important because it starts with the with the end in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where is it that we're trying to end up, and then just working backwards. And um, that 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 big vision could seem overwhelming. It could seem like almost impossible to get there. But once you reverse engineer, okay, like what's step one, right? And step two, step three, and then eventually you get to your end end goal, your end destination. But it, it, it goes back to just, you know, creating that, that formula and, and then just working at it one day at a time. And, and then when you bake it up into small little pieces, it, 
you know, it's not as overwhelming as it would be when you're just trying to get to that angle right away. Yeah, for sure. There's, you know, I, I, I tell people periodically, you know, there's two, two things in my opinion will be remembered for your laugh and your legacy. Um, and so with that in mind, you know, I try and keep that in the back of my mind. Um, not only with prospective clients, but with people that I bring on board as well, because there has to be synergy there as well, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, uh, and, and having a way to um, provide the tools necessary, uh, which is another huge element. Um, and then as we move forward, new things will come out, I'm sure, and, and we'll adapt to those. But uh, being able to provide the tools necessary for them to be ex- as successful as they want to be. And at that point, sort of takes responsibility off my shoulders, and now it's on them. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't have a problem. I've built it, whatever. Now I'm giving you the same opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're you don't not going to start down here and have to work your way up. You're not going to have to worry about the politics of anything. This is you and your pen, so to speak. Um, and so at that point, it's just really about. I mean, how much do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, how successful do you want to be? Because I'm going to do everything that I can within my power to 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 provide the environment, the culture, the tools. Um, at that point, it's on because it was on me. Mm-hmm. It's on me right now. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I wouldn't have anything different for anybody else that I was going to bring on board. Right. Yeah, I think it goes to that saying. It's like you can lead a horse to uh, to water, but you can't mm. force them to drink. <laughs> so right to that point, um, teach them to to, to fish. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, for sure. So that's that's kind of big picture vision. So that's awesome, man. That's that's exciting. So for anybody that wants to join your team, uh, looks like you got both a Facebook. LinkedIn profile under Derek J. Blanton. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you got your own podcast, Trial and Trumps, mm-hmm. uh, which is on YouTube. Yep. So they can reach you there as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, any final words, Derek, before we end the show? Um, you know, just kind of one of the other things that I try and share with people um, when the opportunity allows itself is, you know, my faith first and foremost. Um, and, uh, you know, big believer in iron sharpening iron and just doesn't have to be you know male to male uh that can just be across the board person to person and learning from people's different experiences that they've had um backgrounds that they have um maybe other countries that they come from and not judging a book by its cover so to speak and the other thing i try to share with people is that um uh you know i believe there's the two most important days in a person's life, the day they were born and then the day they find out why mm. or they realize why. And so, um, and just, uh, help people in any way I can, you know, and pay it forward. So, uh, that's me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to hit up Derek and if you got some inspiration from insurance or from his story, make sure to hit him up. He's on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. As I mentioned, Derek, thanks for being on the show, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. Joel, thanks for having me and for the opportunity. I really appreciate it.